From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 229 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. It's been some time since I started the Anxiety Project, since I started my one-on-one coaching. And I want to first start off this podcast by talking about this journey that I've been on for the last five years. Overcoming anxiety and me battling this mountain and, and climbing this mountain and going on this great journey, the greatest journey of my life, I realized that this is what's most meaningful to me. I love talking about anxiety and development because not only is it a never-ending process throughout life, it's never going to end for me, this journey, but I realized that I have these tools and resources within me that really got me out of severe health anxiety, got me out of agoraphobia. It really got me out of depression and hopelessness. And I felt like it was my duty to, not duty, it just, that does, that's not the right word. I felt driven to, help other people who might be battling because the person that helped me, there wasn't just one person, but multiple people on the internet, multiple role models who suffered the way I was suffering and got out of it. They were the inspiration behind why I wanted to be a coach as well. That if they could help someone like me, someone who was always a quitter. And this is, I get emotional just thinking about this because um, I can't believe how far I came in my life. I really thought I was hopeless. I had a mindset that was very, very conservative, walled up. And I thought change was not possible for me. I spent much of my existence on this planet quitting. Whenever things got tough, sports, I would quit. My mindset in school would be self-limiting and defeating. When a teacher would assign me an essay, my mind would always go to the worst case scenario and I would feel very anxious. I wouldn't be able to do this assignment. I'm not smart enough. I need help with this. This is going to be such a challenge for me. Um, all All of this anxiety would accumulate when I was in school growing up. And so I also noticed within me that growing up with a lot of junk food, I ate very, very poorly when I was a kid, like very, very poorly. And so I know for certain that contributed to a lot of my anxiety and my lack of attention in, in school. And, um, and and uh, meant in those those thoughts those negative thought patterns but for me i feel like 
because I found this map or I navigated through the map of anxiety and came out the other side, I am driven to share and help other people going through the anxiety that I once battled with. Now, in this podcast, I want to list off four huge eye-opening lessons I learned being a coach for, for the last five years. And I've met with many, many clients, too many to count. And I've all, I've discovered similarities between all of the people I've met with. And I've learned so much about myself talking with all these people and learning how to communicate with someone who is hopeless, learning how to guide someone out, helping them guide, navigate through the waters, the swamp of their anxiety and their suffering. This is a very uh, meaningful uh, path for me, being a coach. And I, I wouldn't have chosen a different way. I mean, I never set out to be a coach. I never set out to do this YouTube channel. But this found me and this path opened, opened itself. And I chose when I was suffering from anxiety to walk through certain doorways. And through those doorways, I, I discovered so many different parts of my pers- personality, my psyche that I did not know existed. And this really changed my life because I... I st- started to perceive myself as someone different rather than this victim, rather than someone who is hopeless, someone who's going to quit and just keep quitting. Now, the first lesson I learned or the first big realization for me being a coach is asking the right questions and learning how to ask questions to, to someone who has a very limiting mindset. Now, if you've read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, you know that there are two different mindsets, right? There is the developing mindset and there's the stagnant victim mindset that's walled up, very conservative, very set in their ways. Now, when I'm asking a question, I have, I'm, I'm trying to change the perspective over the outlook my client will have. So for example, if the client says, well, I've wasted so many years of suffering and, you know, I've wasted a decade and then I'll ask, well, could it be that it just wasn't yet the time to recover from anxiety because now that you've hit rock bottom, the victory of overcoming the pain will be far more greater and meaningful to you. And well, if, if you switch the story, then it becomes fuel and it becomes less of a weight. Okay. So If you put in 1% every day, and when I say 1%, I mean small wins. The wins meaning, well, you're doing something that you don't want to do. 
you're getting up at an earlier time. You don't want to, but you're doing it. It's just because it's in spirit. It's in alignment with your higher being, your higher self. And so you're putting in this 1% win. And what happens over a year's time, you're accumulating these gains. And in 365 days, what's 1%? It's 365% better. But here's the thing. It's not going to be just 365% because if you're getting 1% wins every day, there's going to be a day where you're going to get a 5% win. And then there's going to be a day where you're going to get a 10% win. And then there's going to be a day when you drop down back to 1% win. And so by the time you get to 365 days, it's not going to be just 365% better than you were a year ago. You're going to be probably 400% better. You could be 450% better. But the idea is to set the bar low enough so that you can attain the wins. And these wins... You know, they're not going to be self-evident in in that, well, is this really going to help me recover from anxiety right away? Like, you're not going to notice the change right away. This is a process where you start to unravel the different parts of your personality that you never knew existed. You start to venture off into the unknown, the darkness of, well, you're your being because you know the question is how much do we really pay attention to in our lives and the answer is very little next to nothing we pay attention to very little so if you're paying attention to pain and suffering and certain symptoms every single day then you're going to manifest those emotions right so if you generate a meaning from the suffering, you change the emotion. That's why I want to change my questions around. Well, I want to ask the right questions to someone who has been suffering because what they're telling me, what I see, what's common with my clients is that what's coming out of their mouth is the projection of their suffering, what what they've been paying attention to for a very, very long time. And so if I can get them to see a different way to look at things, then, and I when I do that, they start to, their eyes change, their emotions change. They go, oh, I never thought about that. I never looked at it like that. Or maybe, maybe change is possible. The second big lesson I learned being a coach is that your dragon is your dragon. When I was suffering from anxiety, when I was playing the victim, my mind would turn to, well, everyone has it worse than me. There are people worse off than me. You know, this is a silly thing to overcome. This is, you know, like, why am I complaining about this? Why am I complaining about this? But that's not useful because when you're open and honest about your suffering and you you go, okay, this is really bothering me. I am addicted to coffee. It's increasing my anxiety. This is very difficult for me to overcome. 
when you are honest, this shines a light on the dark parts of your psyche. Instead of, because if you're, if you're saying things like, well, I shouldn't be complaining about, I, I shouldn't be worried about this. You're not really dealing with the emotion and resolving those underlying concerns and, and, and dragons and snakes. Be honest, shine light because what you're going through is your dragon and what I've noticed being a coach is that when I talk to someone suffering, I don't have to get too far into the conversation until they unravel the tragedies of their existence. And, and, you don't, and it's not just the people I'm coaching. If I have a conversation with someone on the street, you don't have to scratch too far into their life to find a tragedy. Everybody is dealing with some sort of tragedy because universally, tr this is universally the case. Life is very, very tragic. We all have to go through these very difficult times. We all have to venture through the swamp of anxiety, of suffering, of depression at some point we all have to wrestle with the unknown and so i've noticed with my clients that they come to me and they're very detached from their emotions they've repressed them from for a long time they've practiced repressing their emotions for a long time and What does down mean, right? Because they push their emotions down. What does down mean exactly? Well, down is the underworld. Down is to be low in serotonin, to be hunched over, uh, over to be uh, lower in the dominance hierarchy, uh, lost in the abyss, in, in the darkness, confused. Um, so to push pain down is to completely ignore the pain. It's unresolved. It's whatever's lurking in the psyche that has yet to be integrated into your, uh, your personality. And so to bring them up means to confront what has yet to be resolved and that willingness to confront pain activates a different kind of circuit in the brain. It actually activates exploratory circuits. So you're playing a video game. And what happens when you're playing a video game? You're not, you're not engulfed in anxiety. When you start a game, it's, it's exciting. But also, you're very curious you are exploring this space and it's exciting. You're very stimulated, but it's not fear 
Um, the fear circuits, what's so interesting about the fear circuits, you grow the dragon because you respond to the fear in a reflexive manner of this is not good, I need to retreat, or this is not good, I need to fight, and you build on this reflex. But if if you if you looked at your anxiety from a different perspective and you looked at it like it as an opportunity to grow and change, then that's activating a different circuit in the moment. Right? You're looking at this as an opportunity, even though you're, you're feeling uncomfortable, even though that you feel lost in the unknown. And so when my clients, when they set goals, when they set goals on a weekly basis, these goals are in proportion to the dragon they've admitted to themselves and me. And so they shrink the dragon down to bite-sized chunks because the, the dragon, imagine the mother dragon being social anxiety, right, for them. And the, 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 and the, the dragon is having a five-minute conversation with somebody. Okay, that's the dragon. So how do you break that down into bite-sized uh, chunks where, that you can advance towards? Because you need to show yourself that you can actually advance towards a goal because the meaning comes from progression. Positive emotion actually comes from when you are progression, progressing in a certain direction towards a goal. And so the first thing I would say to them is, okay, well, let's have the conversation together. Can you go up to them and look in their eyes, say hello? So I'll give you a scenario. Going to a coffee shop, can you walk up to the counter, look into their eyes, say hello? What are you going to order? Tell them what you're going to order and say thank you and then walk away. That's the goal, right? But that might not be the goal right away. We might have to walk through that together. Okay, talk to me like I'm the barista at Starbucks, okay? Let's practice it out. And, you know, some people go, well, you know, you know, this is silly. Why does it come natural to other people? I see people all the time walking in, having conversations. They're lively. They're this, they're that. And I'm this weird guy walking in who's stuttering or who is, whose voice is cracking, can't even make eye contact. Um, I feel awkward. I'm sweating. It's like, well, that's because they've mastered that. They've practiced that. They, their perspective over that is not like a dragon or it's not unexplored to them. It's something that is... Their perceptions over their openness to have a conversation is way different than yours. You have to start from square one and that's being... Be, that's that's humility being able to go okay well i gotta start from scratch let's go but then i also ask them and this is going back to asking the right question what i've learned being a coach is that what what would what would it be like in a year from now if you continued down this road if you just continued to practice 
just having a small conversation with somebody. You know, if we had this conversation together, if we've practiced this together for 10 times, 100 times, how, how will you be at the 100th time? You're not definitely not going to be the same um, compared to the first time. So that's what I'll do with my client. I will walk them through like a simple conversation. Well, hello, look into my eyes. Tell me what you're going to order. What will you say to the barista? Say it to me. Okay, and then look into their eyes, say thank you, and then walk away. Building a plan because they're bad at it. They're bad at it. I, w- I was. I was terrible at having a conversation. I've said this on the podcast many times. I'd go up to the counter. I would stutter or I would crack my voice. I would uh, look to the ground. I'd feel awkward. And then I'd walk out. But here's the thing. This brings me to the third lesson I learned being a, a coach. My clients confronting their dragons on a daily basis, this becomes a habit for them. They get used to the idea of waking up every day and doing something difficult that's outside of their comfort. And this moves up their values hierarchy. This notion of, well, I got to confront this situation that makes me uneasy. This is just what I have to do. So you get used to that. And then they also learn to accept failure as being part of this process. So we see in the movie Groundhog Day, yes, I'm bringing up Groundhog Day because it is a masterpiece. We see Phil. He's very bad at conversation. Phil, he takes out Rita, his beautiful co-worker, to a restaurant. And they're having a conversation. Rita is so lively. She's citing poetry. She's well-educated. She's personable. Great personality. Phil, he's awkward. He's saying the wrong things. Rita's looking at him like, why'd you say that? She's repulsed by him. And so what's so fascinating about this movie, Phil pays attention. He notes to himself, okay, don't say that. Okay, maybe I should touch upon poetry next time. Maybe I should mention her grandmother next time. Maybe I should not say that next time. He starts to learn, but he pays attention. And then he tries again the next day. He views each day as an opportunity to get it right. And that's what I did when it came to my social anxiety. I had a bad experience one day. It was terrible. But I said to myself, you know what? I should avoid this situation tomorrow. I don't want to come back here. This was too embarrassing. But then I would counter that voice and say, no, 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 no. Let's come back here because I'm proving my old self wrong. The old me would avoid it. The new me is going to confront the same barista again. Let's do it. Let's get it right tomorrow. 
And so I'd come back again tomorrow. And then the next day. And then I noticed that my conversation would get better. Each interaction would improve significantly. If you avoid the fear, the dragon, it will grow. And it will continue to grow into the mother of all dragons. And then what happens when it's the mother of all dragons? You have this internal loop of, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be liked by anybody. I'm very bad at conversation. I am alone with no friends. I'm never going to get out. It's just going to be too much. But if you continue to face what you don't want to face, then real change occurs. I see my clients all the time learning to bypass that voice that tells them not to do something the more they step out into what's uncomfortable. And also what's interesting and also what's common with those whom I coach that fail to reach those small goals on a weekly basis, I see it in their eyes, this self-lack that they feel worse over their self-worth and their circumstances. And that's what's interesting. And, and that is the Jonah and the whale story too. When you turn your back on goals and the call to adventure, the storm worsens. And that's what Jonah does. Like God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh, help the people of this city. It's in chaos. You have a responsibility. Jonah goes, there's no way, man. That, that dragon is too big for me to confront. I'm going to hop on this ship. I'm going to sail away, sail far away from God. But the more he sails away, the rockier the seas become, the storm hits hard, and Jonah eventually abandons ship because he admits to the crew. He's like, hey, you know, I, it was my fault the storms are this bad, right? I, I turned my back on God. And so the crew was like, okay, well, we got, let's get, let's get Jonah off this ship, man, so that we can survive this storm. And Jonah sinks to the body sinks into the body of the whale at the bottom of the ocean. He gets swallowed up. And that's what's interesting is like, you know, when you abandon ship and you admit that, hey, man, I, I caused most of my suffering, you move from the tyranny of your own soul into the desert. And that brings me into the fourth big lesson I learned being a coach is that it always gets worse before it gets better. Okay, so my clients will come to see me and they have hope because they relate to my story. They relate, oh, Brad suffered, he got out of it, he has all these tools and I love his podcast and I love his videos and all of this. That's great. That's why I do what I do. But I notice when they start to set goals, things get a little bit worse and it has to get worse. And I really want to pick that apart because when we see Jonah in the whale, it's like, yeah, he's in the whale, right? It's, it's pretty bad, man. He kind of wishes he's back in the 
tyranny he once came from, right? Into he he wants to go back to his old ways to to not be lost in the chaos. But he can't go back, right? You know, should you go back to the Dursleys, or should you go to Hogwarts? Well. You know, Rowling, what's so great about the Harry Potter series is that she doesn't make it clear that Hogwarts is the, the, the greatest place to be because there's a lot of pain and suffering at Hogwarts. Like he has to, Harry has to contend with snakes, Voldemort, uh, people betraying him and uh, bullies and all of this stuff, right? It's, it's no picnic, but he'd rather be at Hogwarts than the tyrannical Dursleys, right? Because at, Dur- at the Dursleys, there's no growth happening at the Dursleys. It's so tyrannical that you're closed up in, you're closed up in a closet without any real significant growth. People are spouting ideologies, right? The Dursleys are ideologically p- possessed. They, they don't even love Harry. They don't want him to pursue his per- potential. They want... They want Harry to be as miserable as they are. And they're doing that to uh, Dudley, right? Dudley is like this little, God, he's he's a piece of work, man. He's like overly <laughs> spoiled with thousands of gifts and gaining weight like mad. And he's, he's you know, that's going to lead to many more snakes, man. I'm telling you. So it's like, do you stay in what's comfortable? Because in what's comfortable, yeah, you know, there's cake and and consistency, a lot of order, but there's no real growth. You're going to stay in the same place, but you're going to wither away the more you stay in the same place. And you're going to wither away at a very rapid pace. So my clients, when they come to see me, they know that they're withering away. They're, they're stuck in the same loop in the mind. They're stuck in the same suffering. All of this suffering has become familiar to them. Okay. Now they have to move out of that suffering into a new way of being. They're moving, like in the Moses story, Moses leads his people from the tyranny into the desert. And hey, in that story, when they're they're in the desert, they question, right? They're like, okay, we're in the desert. We're still suffering here. I thought things were going to get better. It's like, yeah, that's because now you have to bring order into the desert that you're wandering around in. And so now... Within my coaching, I help clients build a structure, okay? Now you have to wake up at a certain time, um, you know, start the day earlier, build on a rest and sleep cycle that's consistent, um, lessen anxiety through meditation and journaling, and you should sacrifice certain things. And they, they say, well, maybe I should sacrifice this, and maybe I should sacrifice that. And then they discover that, uh-oh, you know, the things that I'm sacrificing, this is going to be a bigger challenge and dragon than I thought, because I've been relying on this substance, this thing for a long time. You know, it's going to get worse to break free from that before I see the improvements. 
And then they have to confront their emotions. They have to revisit the traumatic memories of their past to release them, to reframe and release those emotions because the unconscious mind is holding on to those emotions. What's unresolved, what's in the unconscious mind that has been ignored. And now, well, that's going to be a really painful experience. It's like confronting dragons on a regular basis. But then soon enough, they come to me after this after this cognitive dissonance period, you know, feeling, thinking, and behaving in a manner you're not accustomed to, now they go, hey, Brad, they'll, they'll always tell me this, Brad, you know, I, um, I've had these wins this week and I feel pretty good. Like, I can't believe I got through a situation that used to make me anxious and then I got through it with way less anxiety. They'll always tell me these stories and then I go, way to be man like that that's no joke like that you're tackling these dragons that you were ignoring you thought weren't a big deal or you shouldn't bother with and now that you're bothering with them they've got so they've got less of a hold over you now than they did before so to conclude this podcast episode i help make goals clear for my clients in my coaching. I provide tools and strategies. I also hold them accountable for not reaching goals on a week-to-week basis, but but the real change comes from how far they are willing to go when it's just them and their own minds, when I'm not with them, because I only see them an hour every week. And then how many hours are in a week? 168. So for the next 167 hours, what are they doing to help their circumstances? And then I've noticed being a coach that how it, it comes down to how far you are willing to go in order for things to get better, how much you are willing to sacrifice, going the distance. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. I am so over the moon by uh, all the comments I get from you guys, through emails, through the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I post videos there weekly. I actually signed up for TikTok uh, months ago, and I'm starting to post stuff there regularly, just short videos of points that will help you progress, uh, motivational videos. And uh, if you have TikTok, please check those videos out because I'm starting to do them more often. And lastly, rise above anxiety. I will see you all on the next video or podcast. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.